the most important thing for you to do is to get your behind in Vegas. Hey, what's up, friends? I'm Vince Del Monte, father, husband, and the OG of online fitness marketing. For more than a decade, I've been committed to helping skinny guys pack on muscle. And after building multiple seven-figure online fitness businesses, I've achieved freedom and financial security through mentorship, hard work, and my passion for fitness. And I want to help you do the same. Recently, I've built the best mastermind coaching program that exists for fitness professionals by giving you the shortest no BS path to grow to six, seven, and even eight figures regardless of your starting level. My coaching was designed to give you the skills, systems, and support to become an industry mover and shaker and build the business and life of your dreams. So, it's 1990, I want to say 1990, right? It's, yeah, 1990. It's right around April, May, and it was a tricky little time in my life right there because I ran into a, a sticky situation at school. I had a really good friend named Lorenzo, and he had this really tricked out car, but back in the late 80s, early 90s, that was uncommon for kids that had those tricked out cars with the glowing lights and the crazy rims and the super duper system. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, Reed. Hey, David. With the super duper systems, right? So we used to go to parties every weekend. And every single weekend, since I'm by Rutgers, the cops used to stop us. Every single weekend. And they would make us get out the car. Now, mind you, I'm not driving. I'm just a freaking passenger. And they... Please wait. I'm just a passenger. But they would have us get out. Everybody get out the car. They would search our pockets. They would search the car every single weekend. So after about a year of this, we were heading into January, February. And Lorenzo one night, the cops do the same thing. But it's this hill. Like we call the Heartbreak Hill. So it goes like this and then it sharply turns around. And once we got over the hill, for whatever reason that night, he decides to step on the gas immediately. Taking off bolting in this Acura Integra. Car heads, faster than furious people. I'm going around this little thing here. But if we had an Acura Integra back then with the hatchback, this takes off. So when the cops get over the hill, we're like half a mile up the street. So they realize we must be speeding. So they start chasing us and it's on. So we're going through the back streets of Rutgers in South Plainfield, Edison. And finally, we lose the police. So I'm like, hey, man, slow down. He said, no, man, no, man. We got to get to Route 1 first. I'm like, dude, the cops are gone. Like, they, they have no freaking idea where we are. We come around this little slight curve. But that night, it had been raining. But the roads were a little slick. So when he came around that curve at 70 miles an hour, it was like a little boom. Like one of those type of turns like that. Not really a curve. The wheels go, let go for a split second. And then we're coming head on 70 miles an hour into a telephone pole. We hit the telephone post that the cement foundation and everything comes right out the ground. Boom. Pole falls right between us. I'm on the passenger side and boom falls between us. We're dazed. My knees trapped under the dashboard. And at that point, I'm coming to and it's a cop on the passenger side of the car with the gun out saying, don't move. Okay, no problem. But here's the dilemma, folks. Help me out here. Don't move. Open the window. So how am I supposed to do that? So I learned early in life, if the cops tell you don't move, even if they tell you to move after don't move, that's what I learned early. One of my uncles was in the police force and I knew all the cops, community policing back then when it was safe for cops to actually talk to you back then. We knew all the cops in New Brunswick. And they taught me, if the cops tell you don't move, and if you move, even if they tell you to move, they already told you don't move. So don't let them override that, say, it's okay, you can arrest me and then ask me questions. 
I learned that early because if you move and you move a little faster than they want you to move and the gun's already out, they're nervous, you can get shot. Okay, cool. So I'm like, I can't move because my knee is trapped. He said, put your hands where you can see them. I said, okay, great. So I put my hands. He says, open the window. I said, how do I do that without you shooting me? So it's on. So he's, we're going back and forth over this thing. So finally, I put my hand down, open the window. He finally, I said, hey, my knee is trapped. Let me wiggle it out, get out. So we get out the car. So we're sitting on this ice-covered little landing here, and the cops have us handcuffed. It's 1.30 in the morning. We're nervous. I'm begging them to make my phone call. I'm like, hey, can I make a phone call? They're like, you can't make a phone call. We out here. I said, no, it's okay. They said, why? I said, we could just use your walkie to make the phone call. He said, who are you going to call? I'm like, my cousin is the chief of police for Highland Park. He's right around the corner. They said, who's your cousin? I said, Ronnie Haskins. Turns out my buddy, his friend was, his father was the deputy sheriff or something for Jersey City or the police chief wanted to. It's been 30, 32 years now. But I knew his father was important. So once they found out we were important, they started treating us a little nicer. So we sit out there on this ice cold surface for about two hours and then finally we get put in an ambulance. And if you're from the hood ambulance, you know what I'm talking about. So we go to the hospital and we're walking in, not handcuffed at this point. And the guy goes, who are these people? They said, oh, these are the people that hit the telephone pole. They said, oh, since you didn't call us back, we assume they were expired. Now, I never heard that word at that point. What does expired mean? They thought we were dead. So they come back in, they look us over. I have a little bump, couple bumps and bru bru bruises. Absolutely lucky. Got some physical therapy for my knee at the time. Had a little issues with my shoulder because the seat belt. I felt like my shoulders touch. If I had thick chest like y'all, that probably wouldn't happen. But yeah, shoulders came together or something. I had back issues for a little bit. Physical therapy and I was fine. So around May, it was reported that the car was stolen, even though they knew it wasn't stolen. And because they said it was reported stolen, I was removed from Rutgers. In other words, I got kicked out at that point. And I was only a freshman. I had great grades, freshman. I got kicked out, so I was thrust into sports. So mid-April, fast forward, May Lee comes and talks to me and says, hey, Corby, they're doing a feature presentation on Tony Compton. I'm like, my buddy Tony Compton? Yeah. So... I go down there and they talk about water filters and what they can do and how they can help your health and all this other stuff. So I didn't have money, obviously. I'm 19 from the hood. So we worked out a deal where I could sell some water filters for a couple of weeks. And after I sell them, I could save the money and turn it over like that. So that's how I got in the business, selling water filters. And then um, October that year, they were having something they called the National Convention. At this time, that National Convention was going to be in Atlanta. I'm about to say Atlanta, Florida. Atlanta, Georgia. And this was my first ever exposure to an event. So we get to this event. And it was like I was overwhelmed. They had all of the big names there. They had Zig Ziglar there. They had Tom Hopkins there. These are old school people. They're not these people down internet marketing. They had uh, Jay Douglas Edwards. They had all these big name people. And it was like thousands of people. It was incredible. I was completely overwhelmed. And I was moved by all of the people who came through speaking. And the most powerful thing of the whole thing was it wasn't the speakers. It was the people at the event. And that event shifted my consciousness of what I thought was possible with my life. So I remember coming back home after that event, being completely transformed and seeing new possibilities for my life. And I went on to be very successful with that company before they grew out of business because they grew too fast and they didn't put certain things in place as a manufacturing company and whatever. So the reason why I'm telling you that story is 
and events are important. Events change your life. They can make you do things you never thought was possible. Yeah, so here go my top reasons that you need to get your behind to Vegas next week. I know some of you watching this have not committed. You got great excuses, the family, the this, the that, the whatever. If you don't have a physical job that will not let you come to Vegas, here's why I think you should figure out a way to be there. Double bunk with somebody, share rooms, whatever. I remember we used to load up little minivans and all drive down to Atlanta and whatever. Whatever you got to do, find out who's going, who has a room by themselves, if they're the same sex or whatever, and you're comfortable having a roommate, you got to get there. Here's the reasons why you got to get to Vegas. Reason number one, the people. I don't care what Vince is going to say. I'm going to say. Joe's going to say. Whoever's going to speak frank. We're not going to say anything more important than those relationships you're going to build in Vegas. The reason why relationships are super important because at an event, the relationships are going to make the difference. It's not what Vince is going to say. It's not what I'm going to say. It's going to be interesting. You're going to take some notes. But here's what's going to change. You're going to be in a hall, and you're going to be talking to Reed, and Reed's going to share with you something ridiculously stupid about volleyball that you have no idea about spike touch and how he gets results with athletes and all of this stuff. And you're like, what the hell is he talking about? But what you can learn from Reed is his marketing psychology and how he get these people to be so loyal to him, how he's getting all of these universities to come want to work with him. So he got whole schools. Forget one at a time. He's getting schools. So that should tell you something. Where could you find large pockets of people that want your stuff? I don't know, but I bet you Reed knows. Yo, 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 30-second announcement here. If you're a serious online fitness or nutrition coach or an aspiring trainer ready to go online, but you lack the strategies, the systems, and clarity, you're intimidated by what you need to do to get to the next level, and you want to enjoy more time off while making more money, while having a massive impact and bigger reach, give me two days in Las Vegas, baby, September 16th and 17th, and I'm going to show you how even our newbie students are crushing it to the tune of 10 20 and even $50,000 months. I know that might be hard to believe. Many of them are even going beyond six figures a month with our organic scaling systems. If you want more information, go to sevenfiguremastermind.ca forward slash Vegas. The clock is ticking and we're giving away a limited number of seats to sit in and test drive our event. And guess what? You get a pick your price. You tell us how much it's worth. Submit a fair offer. If we accept you're in. All you got to do is book your flight and hotel and we will see you there. And the lineup of speakers we have will pay for your expenses 10 times over. So check it out. The link's in the description and I can't wait to see you in Vegas, baby. Reason number two, dinner. Dinner is one of the most important reasons to go to the events. A lot of the best things I ever learned were sitting at dinner because when I'm around big people, I shut up. If I'm in the room with Bedros, I have nothing to say. Nothing. I might laugh at his jokes. I might add a little bit. That's it. If I'm in a room with somebody big like Russell Brunson, I'm I'm not going to say nothing. It's Russell Brunson. What the hell am I going to say? What am I going to say? I'm going to tell some jokes and that's it. If I'm in a room with Frank Kern, I'm going to tell some jokes and that's it. But what you can do, because we all have iPhones and Samsungs and this and that, if you're in a room with somebody big, here's what you do. You ask a great question. And just like a closing question, shut up and start taking notes. I used to not eat at events for years. I used to never eat at events for years, partially because I was broke. That's another story. But because I didn't eat at events, I was the one taking all the notes. Hondro's going to know who this guy is. A guy named Bill Britt. He's one of the biggest network marketing distributors of all time. 
I remember he, I went to Dexter Yeager's event and they were supposed to be mortal enemies on stage, but I get to Dexter's 23,000 square foot log cabin single floor. Let that marinate. My elementary school, when I went to my first elementary school, was not 23,000 square feet. So his house was bigger than my first school. Let that sink in. So, I'm sitting at the pool, and I remember he was talking, and I said, Mr. Britt, I was so scared. He turns around and said, and he turns all the way around. Now I'm really scared, because now everybody's looking at me, because I'm going to ask this dude a question like, why am I even talking? Don't you know how these things work? You're broke. We're rich. You're supposed to just listen, and we're supposed to talk. So anyway, I said, Mr. Britt, can I ask you a question? He said, go ahead. So he leans in like this, and um, he says, I said, what is the difference between you and me? And he sat back and thought for a couple seconds. And everybody stopped because that was a good question. Yeah, like, what's the difference between him and the between me? He says, son, listen. The best way to describe the difference between you and me is, is through a story. And I said, okay, I'm listening. So I lean in. And he says, it's about a guy who worked at the park. And he had all of these balloons. And he would blow them up, give a kid a balloon. And, and the kid in the balloon would rise up. And all of these kids came through. And then this little black boy comes by. And the black boy said, can I have a balloon? The guy said, yes. He says, I want the black one. And so the guy's about to, he said, wait, wait. If you do my balloon... Will my balloon go up like the rest of the balloons? He said, yeah. He says, oh, I, I didn't think the black ones would go up because there are no black balloons around here. He says, nobody asked for one. You did. And he says, why would the black one go up? He says, it's not the balloon that makes it go up. It's what's inside of the balloon that makes it go up. And what's inside of that balloon is the same for all the balloons. I was like, okay. I didn't know what that meant. Okay. He said, Corby, the thing that's going to get the difference between you and me is I've taken out more time to put more stuff in the balloon. I've been doing this for so many years since the 60s. I've invested in myself. I put so much into my balloon that my balloon is bigger and I can go higher than you right now. But if you keep pouring in, Corby, you can go higher too. Really? He said, yeah, it doesn't matter what color the balloon is. It's what's inside the balloon that's going to make the difference. So let me ask you a question. What's inside of you? What's stopping you from getting in Vegas? Don't give me the BS, I got other obligations, I got this, I got that. Because here's what I could tell you. If you found out your best friend was getting married next week, you'd be there. Am I right or am I right? If your best friend was getting married next week, you'd be there. And guess how much you're going to make off of that? Zip. If you get in that room and get around the people and get those little side conversations, that's going to change your life. Reason number three. I believe events create this thing that I like to call inspirational faith. Now, that's ridiculous because inspiration and faith all together is, okay, li listen, you get inspired so that you could take faith. So let's break this down. I used to hate when my Presbyterian friends used to say this phrase, faith without works is dead. I used to be like, but you don't need faith for salvation. You don't need faith for salvation. No, you don't need faith. But then I thought, and then I said, let's back up. 
I said, let me think about this faith thing for a second. And I started thinking to myself, because I'm a science background, right? So I said, what's going on with this faith? So I'm thinking and I'm thinking, and then it hit me. That everything I do in my life operates on faith. See, me having this conversation is depending on faith. That gravity will work and my car doesn't just float out into the atmosphere. That's a demonstration of faith. So unless you demonstrate your faith and your belief to take action and move forward in your business, that's when your business is going to struggle. Because I might say something in the hallway as a joke that could change your life. Or maybe I won't. Maybe Jay will say something that will change your life. But faith without works is dead. Now, I, as I got older, I understood it. Everything you do, you work out in the gym because you have faith it's going to shape and sculpt your muscles. You teach people macros because you have faith in the process that it's going to teach people how to be in shape. So your business is predicated on the faith in your ability to transform people to another level. So that's where it comes in. But if you don't do that, so what? So you got to demonstrate your faith and your belief in your business to move forward. Because when you work with a master that's going to help you move forward, it's going to change your life. Reason number four, because you're going to be immersed in that environment and you're not going to have a chance to wiggle out the environment, that immersion is going to change your life. I'll give you an example of how immersion works. I got a really good friend named Natalie Gerald. Hell, I got another good friend named Richard Yu, but they both did the same thing. They started taking Spanish and after a couple of months of taking Spanish, Natalie went and moved to Columbia when we were kids for the summer. She just packed up and moved to, 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 uh, to Columbia. So check this out. She moved to Columbia for two months after taking Spanish for two months, moved to Columbia for two months, comes back speaking fluent Spanish. Listen, listen closely. The immersion in the event will prevent your diversion from the truth because you're going to get a chance to hear the truth so that people can move you forward. So when they move you forward, you're not going to be distracted by home, by life, by this, by that. Even if you have an event and you watch it at home and you get the replay, it's not the same because I've been to a live Alabama game and it's nothing like TV. I don't care how big the TV is, but when you get there and you hear those 100,000 people going bananas and you can feel the actual stadium shaking and you can feel that. See, you can't translate that through television. You have to be there. You have to be there. See, because you can be touched without being felt so i could touch you you can be touched in a way where you're at that event that you can't be touched at home see because you're gonna be at home and I, listen i'm as committed as the rest of y'all but when i'm at home it's gonna be the event on and i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep it 100 when the event's on behind it i'm gonna be watching pool it's quiet i ain't gotta see nothing but it's a nice little diversion when i'm at home but in the environment you're trapped in that elevation education. Listen closely to what I'm saying. You're trapped in that elevation education. And you get forced to confront yourself on what's really going on. This list could become ridiculously long. But I'll give you one more reason why you should be there. And I'm going to close with this story. 
So when Moses brought down the Ten Commandments, he dropped it. He dropped it something. He boom. And I always wondered what was on that. I know he went back up and got something, but what was on that that tablet or rock or whatever you call those things? I've always wondered all these years. So I talked to one of my Jewish friends who's like a Torah expert, Midrash expert, and I said, what was on that thing? He said, that was the 11th commandment. I said, the 11th commandment? What's the 11th commandment? Wow, nobody ever talks about the 11th commandment. And the 11th commandment is, thy shall not fake thyself out. <laughs> thy shall not fake thyself out. See, because a lot of y'all are half fasting it. Listen closely. Half fasting it. You think you're going to take a little bit of action and get a lot of results. That's not how it works. See, you got to put a lot of energy in first. And then once you put all that energy in and then all of that energy works through and all that stuff, you get a little bit out. The beautiful part about every time I've dug a water, I helped build a water, any of that kind of stuff, we had to demonstrate faith because we had to go down 100 feet, 200 feet to the water table, but the water was clean. And then once we get down there, we got to pump that water up. And I remember when we pump it up, we got to work a really long time when we're trying to pump it up. And sometimes I pump for five or six minutes, my arms get tired, and then Luke jumps in and he's pumping for four or five minutes, and then Vince jumps in and he's pumping for four or five minutes, and then Rebecca jumps in and she's pumping for four or five minutes, and then Tony jumps in and he's pumping for four or five minutes and then Jay pumps in and he pumping for four or five minutes and then finally after 20 something minutes you see this little little bit of water come out but did Jay's two minutes actually bring the water out no it's the accumulation of all of us working together see you're missing that it's the accumulation of all of us working together to get that momentum built to get the water to finally come out but here's the funny part once jay gets the water come out he can slow down because now the water's coming out and it'll consistently come out as long as he keeps a nice steady pace but until your business gets to that point you gotta pump you gotta hustle you gotta do those things so remember sacrifice it's only faith that you're giving up something to get something. And if you're not willing to sacrifice to get what you want, that's going to create a scenario where you're never going to have what you want. So you got to be willing to give up something. That's why I love chess. Because at some point in chess, you're going to have to have sacrifice one advantage to try to transfer it into another advantage. So if you're not willing to sacrifice one advantage to transfer it into another advantage, you're going to be at a disadvantage because you're not going to have the ability to do the things that you want to do. So this, ironically, is a conversion summit right here's the funny part so until you're ready to convert one advantage to another advantage you're going to be at a disadvantage because you're half fasting and you're falling victim to the 11th commandment now by the way i made that up so don't go looking around and try to quote that so the most important thing for you to do is to get your behind the vegas and here's my personal promise. I, I don't care what Vince says. If you come to Vegas and you go, I wasted my time, Corby will refund your ticket price. Corby. I'm not talking about Vince. I'm not talking about Seven Figure Mastermind. Nobody. Me. If you come and you say, man, that wasn't worth it. Show me the receipt for how much you pay for your ticket and I'll give you your money back. You have my word. 
I love y'all. Get your behinds on the phones. Get your do what you gotta do to get there. If our hotel is sold out, they got seventy-five thousand rooms. Seventy-five thousand rooms. So as I always jokingly say, it might not be the place you want to be, but look how great Jesus turned out. He was born in the manger. So you don't got to be in the best hotel. You just need to be in a hotel. I love y'all. Get your behind to Vegas. Stop playing. Yo, yo, thank you so much for listening. I hope you got a ton of value. And as a token of my appreciation for enjoying the show, if you don't mind leaving a five-star rating as well as a genuine review, whether it's a sentence or a paragraph, that's up to you. I would like to extend my gratitude by sending you a free sample of my all-day energy formula, Preload. It is the world's only all-day energy and focus formula, and you will love it. All you got to do is head on over to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, take a screenshot, and then send it over to me on my Instagram account at Vince Del Monte with your home address, and we will get that shipped out. You are amazing. Thank you, and we'll see you in the next episode.